Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is Lovecraft Country Chronicles, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Mia Johnson and Natalie Zamora. Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of Lovecraft Country Chronicles. I'm Mia Johnson. Hi everyone, I'm Natalie Zamora. And we're going to be talking about episode 7, which is called I Am. Oh my goodness. Yes. What an episode if you're just watching it after, if you're listening to us after you just watched or you've taken a little bit of time, another very interesting episode (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like a broken record every time. I'm like, that was crazy. And I'm like, all right, I'm not just saying that, guys. Yeah, like I say this every week. I'm like, wow, my catchphrases are like, interesting episode. They threw so much at us. I'm going to like just start keeping tab of how many times I say those things. Uh, But before we get started, why don't we check on Twitter, see if there's anything around the net that caught our attention, Natalie? Yeah. So I saw this tweet from Nick underscore Anderson, who said of last week's episode that Jamie Chung was incredible in tonight's episode. I could watch an entire series revolved around Jaya. And I thought that was fun because I know we've all been wondering, is there going to be a second season? You know, of Mm -hmm. course we want one, but what about a spinoff show? That would be really cool. Yeah, you see like all these spinoffs like from things like Star Trek and Star Mm -hmm. Wars and Marvel getting all these spinoffs. So, I mean, that's one way to go if they want to continue to talk about a character. I actually like that idea. Yeah, it's cool. And I feel like because every episode is so centric, usually on one or a few characters, they could easily explore. There's so many characters and they have crazy backstories, so they could easily explore one yeah. of them or a few of them. Yeah. If you, could pick, if you could pick one character, then have a spinoff, who would it be? I want to say Jaya just because yeah. <laughs> because I feel like we're not going to get a lot more from her, I'm assuming, from this. And Yeah probably her what about you yeah uh hmm (laughs) this is tough i don't know why something is saying ruby to me i don't know Mm -hmm. why ruby i you know what i would almost and you can (laughs) get at me for this i would almost say christina i was thinking that as well because she has yeah yeah, i was gonna say she's (laughs) she's such an interesting character and i still even after Mm -hmm. this episode i still don't get her so I would love to see her fleshed out more, uh, maybe in that capacity. Yeah, yeah. She definitely has a lot that we don't know. And especially, you know, how did she grow up? What is her past? We're probably yeah. not going to find out. That would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I like that idea. And, well, one character we did finally get a lot of information about, finally, is Hippolyta. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, you know what? I let's so let's run down this episode just as a quick recap before I get ahead mm-hmm. of myself. So <laughs> this episode was like half like talking like half of the stuff they just had things to get out of the way. It felt like they were like yeah. okay, we have mm-hmm. a couple of uh, bits of exposition that we need to get out of the way, like Atticus and the Hannah and the Book of Names and the Montrose mm-hmm. thing. 
And then what they teased in the promos was Hippolyta's journey of her going through this dimensional rift or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because she had the key to the Ori and then she made her way to Kansas, which by the way, when, so the cops were guarding that, um, observatory, but I, re- I restrict, uh, remember in my notes that they said they were guarding an observatory in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know. I'm like, Oh, are, what's going on? Is that like a mistake or are there two different yeah. things going on? Or are they, you know, these are just two states with the letter K? <laughs> so yeah, I didn't catch that. That's interesting. <laughs> that's what happens again when you've got me being the record keeper here. So it's good. If Lovecraft wants to come to me for errors and inconsistencies, I'm here to help iron those kinks out. But yeah, so she finds the key. She gets kind of caught midway through. Atticus comes to rescue her, which, by the way, how did that happen? Yeah, I know. That was that part a little bit. I was like, of course he got there. Like, how? I don't know. I I was doing, I'm, I'm like trying to do the mental math because he was in st louis missouri so he was getting ready you know he was meeting his um friend of his cousin right Mm because he's trying to find out about the book of names and their family Mm -hmm. and somehow letty letty calls atticus and tells her that she's going to this observatory with these coordinates i don't know how close st louis is to this mayfield kansas that she went to yeah but me uh having spent time in missouri knows that it's a wide state St. Louis is on one side and Kansas mm. is all the way on the other side. <laughs> so it for doesn't that seem possible. Yeah, it did, <laughs> I was like, okay, somehow I'm I'm just gonna you know suspend my belief for this moment and just go with it. So that's yeah. basically the episode in the nutshell. Hippolyta mm. had this journey, and I thought that was obviously the most fun part about yeah. the episode. Totally. Um, the way they split it between like normal episode and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I almost would have preferred if they had just gone full sci-fi and just let Hippolyta have the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But I feel like, yeah, they probably just had to get so much more of Atticus's, um, his whole discovery out mm-hmm. of the way. There's still so much he has to do. So it's like, all right, let's yeah. give him some scenes so we know what he's up to. <laughs> yeah, he's got this laundry list of yeah items to check off. And not to say we wasted a whole episode on Jaya's art, yeah. but, you know, we, we lost some time working on the current mystery to go back right. in time on his, you know, his past, mm-hmm. on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think, and I noted this, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, and I was like, if they had just gone the whole, like, 50-some minutes as, like, just one strange Doctor Who episode, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would totally have loved that. I would not have uh, subtracted anything. I actually, I'm wearing, like, a Doctor Who-ish t-shirt <laughs> right now, <laughs> so I was like, it's fitting for this episode. Perfect. <laughs> um yeah, so that's just my feelings. I, I really love the sci-fi. And again, it's a departure from horror. Yeah. Which, yeah. I'll say I'll say this now, spoiler alert, there's no fear fact reward for today. Unless while we're talking about it, we can come up we with something. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely did not feel the horror aspect at all. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess I'm growingly becoming okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the evolving genres still make it fun. We always still have something right. fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't take away too many points. Now, Hippolyta herself uh, went through this really, really big cosmic journey in the second mm-hmm. half of the episode. 
And to kind of jump to the point, because I wanted to talk about a question that was that really jumped out at me when she was figuring herself out, basically, Mm -hmm. Uh, when she declares that, you know, I am Hippolyta George's wife. She's taken back to the time where now she's with him again, which was so sweet. I was like, oh, "Oh, they brought Uh, him back. And I honestly, I thought she was going to like bring him back into her timeline, mm -hmm. um, which we technically don't know if that happens or not um Mm -hmm. again i purposely like i stopped midway through the book so i wouldn't have any more spoilers so i can watch (laughs) and kind of be come from a fan's perspective so i don't Mm -hmm. know anything past like uh maybe episode or two as far as the plot Mm -hmm. um but also there was this thing where even though they looked like couples goals she was still saying that George was limiting her and that, yeah. you know, she didn't reach her full potential uh, because he was, you know, putting these restraints on her to have a family. And every mm-hmm. time she wanted to be bigger than something that she was, that wouldn't allow he not to say he wouldn't al- allow it to happen, but he was suppressing that growth. Right. Uh, yeah. How did you feel to know that their, you know, marriage wasn't exactly perfect? It was sad, but also I did respect the fact that at first he kind of made an, like, not made an excuse, but he was kind of defending himself. And then he was like, you're right. And I was like, (laughs) okay, that's nice. But yeah, it was sad. But also, I mean, I feel like it's, it makes sense, you know, back in that time, it's kind of what the woman did was have a kid. Mm -hmm. Like George probably never even thought to ask, you know, is this really what you want? Because that's just what people did. So, I mean, I'm sure she did want to be a mom and all those things. But, yeah, I think it totally makes sense. And I think that they had that conversation. Having that conversation was really important. I'm just curious. Like, I want to know how when she said that she did bring it up to him and everything and he just, like, pushed it away. I want to know, like, what those conversations were. Yeah. Was he, like, blatantly ignoring her or was it kind of just, like, a man not understanding? Not like that's an excuse, but I just want to know the layers to the conversations that they had. Yeah, because I I wouldn't necessarily say it's supremely out of character for George to do that. Again, it could have just been, like, him subconsciously being, like, well, we need to do this, this, and that for the family. So, for her, you know, it was kind of, like, every little hit hurt, but it wasn't him, like being overly abusive or anything like that right yeah um yeah that's a sense i got so yeah and i will admit like for me i was like on the outside before she said that i was like oh they've got the perfect marriage obviously they're together Mm -hmm. they've got their kid they've got this business she can travel do whatever not necessarily do whatever she wants but it sounds like she was living the dream and i guess yeah there was this unfortunate um side you know thing that she had to give up um as Mm -hmm. a consequence of her being in her marriage and i guess she wanted to be a discoverer and go out and be free and spread her wings so (laughs) yeah yeah i um yeah so from my perspective i was like but i thought she had it all yeah and then i was like oh but she could have so much more right and it's funny just because you know being a woman you don't even really sometimes like it's hard to even think like oh yeah i can be other things you know Mm -hmm. like this isn't what i have to do just because it's so like ingrained in like history and just like 
this systematic thing that like this is what a woman has to do and then sometimes I feel like it's hard to just like not even snap out of it but kind of just realize Mm -hmm. oh wait I have interests I can do other things like I can do what I want this is my life it's so funny that like that's even a thing you have to think of it should just be you know obvious but it's not yeah yeah that's kind of where which is really weird because I've been going on my own journey recently Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know I'm like putting myself out there but like of just realizing you know like what do I truly want to do what I truly like to do like I Mm -hmm. went out and I've got like some color pencils behind me and I bought Uh (laughs) like an art book from like Target so I can like draw and sketch and it's like oh you know yeah finding like re- finding those things that have like been in your heart and you always right. want to do and oh my goodness um but yeah it's important <laughs> it is i had that in my notes and i was like you know it's it's important to to realize that to go within yourself and to mm-hmm. she was like trying to find this freedom basically and she didn't mm-hmm. know what she was freeing herself from yeah um which was like in that when she had joined the tribe, which I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I love this. I know that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was giving me, you know, like the Black Panther vibes, kind of like with the the uh, warriors that he has, the Dormelage, mm-hmm. which um, that is even based off of, which I have this article pulled up here from Teen Vogue of all places. They've been, <laughs> <laughs> they've been woke recently. Yeah, um, I noticed that. <laughs> it's titled, If You Love Black Panthers, Dora Milaje, Meet the Dahomey Amazons, um, hmm. which were these basically women warriors um, hmm. in, in West Africa. And I should share this article with everyone so they can see. Yeah. Um, but just look up Teen Vogue. <laughs> um, Dormilage, and you'll see like the similarities not just between the Black Panther images and the Teen Vogue um, and the what they have in Western Africa, but also just basically how they had that in Lovecraft Country and how they uh, modeled the costumes mm-hmm. off of that. I should just technology. Okay, <laughs> we're like doing things on the fly here. I dropped it in the <laughs> Google Doc all the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, if yeah, everyone I, had access to the it. Google Doc, I would share it with you all too. Uh, but it's out there, and I think that's just an interesting history too from someone who obviously I love superheroes and mm-hmm. you know thinking even about like the the Amazon warriors of like Wonder Woman. So that really touched yeah. my heart. <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to talk about was this whole title of "I Am." Mm-hmm. Um, which is the title of the episode, but also it is the, it is what hip, no. Okay. So backtrack <laughs> here. When Hippolyte is in that prison room, which isn't necessarily a prison. Yeah. That was which, very weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, what's going on here? That's when it really started to get like Dr. Who. And I was like, Oh yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. At first, like that was a little different from the book. And then, so I was thinking like, are they totally changing it? Is this about Ooh. to be aliens that just Ooh. abducted her? <laughs> and she woke up in that room. I was like, Oh my God, aliens. Totally yeah. Had no idea. <laughs> what's that guy like the history channel meme aliens <laughs> that was me and so when she there's this i don't know if you want to call her a guard or whatever you want to call her mm-hmm. but the woman with the afro mm-hmm. it as she asked her who are you and she just says i am uh number one the woman with the afro reminds me of i don't know if you've ever seen steven universe but mm-hmm. reminded me of Amethyst from Steven Universe. I'm always bringing up these obscure references. <laughs> I think it's part of my job now. <laughs> yes, I think uh, so. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, she says I am. Mm-hmm. And to get into like a biblical lesson, um, which I don't study the Bible. This is just <laughs> out of all my esoteric knowledge. This is something that I was reminded of. Mm-hmm. In the book of Exodus, that's kind of basically the story of Moses. I think of the most popular biblical stories, a lot of people know Moses leading the people out of Egypt, um, mm-hmm. you know, let my people go. Um, and back when he goes up to the burning bush um, and it's, you know, apparently God coming to him and he's like, well, what am I supposed to say? Um, in this part of Exodus, uh, God, I'll read it. God says to Moses, mm-hmm. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to Israelites. I am has sent you. So that was kind of interesting. I was like, are they doing this parallel? Like, is she supposed to be God? This cosmic mm-hmm. goddess? Is that what's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Who do you think this person was? I don't know. She was definitely really <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I have no idea. It's really interesting. I'm like just thinking about her in my head and I'm just like, I like where I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. What's her job? I just, yeah, I like to just call her the cosmic <laughs> goddess. I, oh my gosh, yeah, I love her. I want some sense. fan art of her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially at the the end where she was, they were like out in the cosmos together and she had mm-hmm. like that big flowy gown and everything. Yeah, that was cool. That Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. I really, that at that moment, I also felt something, almost like the Montrose scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just so, it was like emotional and she finally felt that she was free. Um, it was like Hippolyta got to be basically her own goddess too by freeing mm-hmm. herself. Um, which that also brings me to another point. <laughs> I have so many points. <laughs> so the whole, as we talk about the whole thing of I am, there's also this, like the principle of the law of attraction. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that? Mm-hmm. Any, yeah. So it's basically like, you know, you can have your own power to basically manifest whatever you want into your life. So like mm-hmm. if I said, I don't know, I want a new Mercedes Benz and you focus <laughs> on that, you you can like do a vision board or something like that to put all your energy into like bringing this into your reality. Mm-hmm. And one of the principles of that as well is claiming I am. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to be a pop star, right? You say I am a pop star and that, Somehow, you know, it's supposed to get you into the mentality. Right. Like it could of, happen. Right. Of like bringing that into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really like Kippolita was like the most powerful manifester ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, like it you was could literally just say happening. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, I want that power. I just want to be able to, you know, like people are like, you know, uh, speak it into existence and your words yes. have power and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was the principle that they were going off of. And I was like, I want to be on that level. How can I just, you know, snap my fingers? (laughs) I thought it was cool, too. Like, just thinking, I mean, just thinking about identity in general. I know sometimes Mm -hmm. even personally for me, I think we've had to do, you know, in school and stuff like that, exercises where it's like, I am that kind of stuff. It was always hard for me because I'm like, I don't know, like, what do I want? What do I (laughs) what, what do I deserve? It's kind of hard to determine sometimes. And I thought it was funny that. At first, when she was told to say I am, you know, she was like, I'm dancing with Josephine Baker and like something, you know, silly. And then it gets to like, I'm, um, um, you know, I'm a wife. I'm just Hippolyta. I am whatever. So it got way more serious as she kept doing it. And I think, you know, that's how it really is. You think about like, what am I? And then you just go through 
these experiences and finally find yourself. And that happened to her in one episode. So that was great for her. <laughs> Usually takes your whole lifetime, but <laughs> that was awesome to see for her. But it was relatable yeah. in that sense. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it shows the multitudes of yourself. And even, uh, this is even reminding me of, gosh, Solange, who was my birthday twin. So mm-hmm. I feel like we share a lot of things in mind. <laughs> and in one of the songs, she's like, it's like an interlude. She's talking about, mm-hmm. I, t- I have too many, I can't just be one singular person. I have too many this, too many that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you, you contain these multitudes within yeah. yourself. And yeah, it took her just you know, one episode, but they didn't really tell you how much time she was spending in each right, period. Right. They gave you those little markers. Yeah. And you were like, I was like, I wish I just kind of knew how long she was yeah. there. I know. Um, and yeah, not that was just, cool. Yeah. I, I, it was interesting, though, how they did that. Um, the final point, though, is it also reminds me of the um, I Am Somebody poem, mm-hmm. which was written by, and I'm all like looking this up on the fly, <laughs> Reverend William Holmes Border Sr., um, where um, this it says this poem is often recited by Reverend Jesse Jackson. um, And it's, you know, just another one of those uplifting, you know, just accepting that you are not, you know, weak or you're not this or that, but you are strong. You are still somebody. Mm -hmm. It's that principle. So I found that to be kind of interesting as well. Gosh, yeah, this was, I, I really wanted to get it, this all out of my system talking about <laughs> Hippolyta because I really love this part. Yeah. Um, yeah, cosmic Afro goddess will always live in my heart. <laughs> it almost reminds me of, as I bring in one last uh, reference, it's kind of like seeing um, Lena Horne and the Wiz like at the very end. And she's singing to uh, Dorothy, who was played by Diana Ross, and she's singing to her Believe to Yourself. And she's like, she's got this beautiful gown on and she's out Mm. in the stars and in the cosmos. And yeah, that was just some great imagery. So Mm. we need to bring somebody back on the show to tell us about (laughs) more of these little minute details. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Okay. Natalie, (laughs) at the risk Mm. of me, (laughs) I'm like... I have talked way too long. Mm-hmm. Would you mind uh, let's let's talk about Atticus a little bit? So, can mm-hmm. you refresh us about the whole situation, Atticus and Montrose, the rundown of what happened when you know they went to his apartment? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. I was sitting there like with my hand over my eyes, like no. Um, so we see uh, Montrose with, I guess, is his boyfriend Sammy. Yeah. He had stayed the night and was making Montrose breakfast you know playing house being cute and Montrose was like kind of about it kind of pushing him away and then so they get into a fight about it and you know Sammy storms out the door and Montrose goes after him and has his hand on him and it's like I'm sorry and that's just the scene that Atticus and Letitia walk into as they're walking down the hallway to go um see Montrose unannounced so you know it's this dramatic scene they're all just staring at each other and like no words and then Sammy's like all right excuse me like leaving he's like I'm not gonna be part of this why would I be here and then yeah it's you know it's a really really tough scene because um Letitia's silent just like doesn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and then Atticus is like so it's true and he uses the f word and is very 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 mean 
terrible. I like gasped. I was like, are you serious? Like, of course he's going to be mad. And of course, you know, that's not something I've ever gone through. So I don't know how a child would feel in that situation. But of course, emotions are high. But he was very mean. Yeah. Yeah. That was another another time of us seeing Atticus mm-hmm. really get into a dark-ish place again to call his father that slur was like ouch yes Um, yeah but then you could almost see like a little bit you could see why he was angered or frustrated was because his father when he's he he basically revealed that when he was yelling his father would beat him as Mm -hmm. he said for being soft so you know i guess whatever wasn't manly or macho he you know would basically be beaten for that which uh, what I'm to assume is what happened with Montrose when his father beat him as well. Probably, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's hard for me to like <laughs> be like, who do I feel bad for in the situation? Right. Because I know. Yeah, I I really can't say because even Montrose, like, I feel bad for. I don't know if I want to say bad for him, but right, mm-hmm. it, I do feel for him because right. he's in a tough spot. Uh, but also he's in a way still trying to be defensive yeah. about this, especially against Montrose. He's like, I'm still your dad or whatever. Like taking his shirt off and really getting like yeah. <laughs> wanting that testosterone flow. I know. Yeah, I know. It's it's a hard situation to watch too because, you know, I'm trying not to judge Atticus. Yeah. And I mean, they both, you know, they're humans and they both have messed up a lot. So I don't yeah. know. It's really tough. It was hard. And then I felt bad for Letitia because she, like, wanted to comfort him. But then, you know, yeah. obviously, what do you what do you say in that situation? She's just like, okay, next part of the plan. Let's go. Like, trying to hype him up for, you know, the the task at hand. But, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Like, if Atticus and Montrose will ever make amends. Yeah. In the end, because it's just been even, you know, like when we saw them in the tomb, it had looked like maybe they had buried the hatchet. But now mm-hmm. it's like, I, you know, they still got a lot of work out. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Letty, what she had stayed behind and talked to Montrose about, what she was so brave enough to do. I know. I would have been out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Bye. Come back later. Yeah. She, you know, went to go talk to uh Montrose about mm-hmm. Atticus's mother's family. Mm-hmm. And the reason that being was because they both, Atticus and Letty both had the dream about um, the ancestor, yeah. Hannah, running Hannah. through the burning halls of the Braithwaite house. And um, she sees this book. They come to realization that she's holding a book. They're like, out of all mm-hmm. the things, why would she escape with a book out of a burning mm-hmm. building? And then they're like, oh, it's the book of names. Yeah. Um, and so before that, though, what's interesting <laughs> is that in this, Letty also imagines herself or dreams that she's pregnant, just like Hannah. Yeah. Which that was kind of interesting. And then we also have this other thing where she's with Ruby and Ruby's cooking and she's like highly sensitive and Ruby jokes. She's like, well, maybe you're pregnant. And Letty's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> uh, maybe I am. Yeah. <laughs> that always happens in a shower yeah. movie. The other person's like, well, you're probably pregnant, like joking around. And they're like, <gasps> I could be like totally didn't realize that was an option. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah I was so. like, oh my gosh, already. It's like I, 
it looked, you know, obviously she just recently had her first time and then they hooked up again a second yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, whoops. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like it might be one of those things where, like, they, the show tries to make you think that she is and then, yeah, yeah. it's like false alarm. Yeah, false flag. <laughs> Just another thing to add to the emotions. Yeah, because I'm like, if that really, if it really did end up happening, that would not change the whole dynamic of the show, but it would basically change the whole dynamic between Letty and Atticus' relationship. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm assuming he would just decide to marry her and basically you know let that be that let them be a family i don't think he would abandon her or anything like that no yeah i don't think so i think there is uh some real love there yeah uh and i think he would probably try to be a better dad than his father was i really i really do believe that he would atticus was really a protector um yeah we saw that even when he was like again he was like you could come with me to St. Louis or, you know, you could stay. Uh, and she didn't fight him on this one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was surprised at that. It's like, yeah, going to your cousin's house or whoever. No, thank you. I'll pass. Which yeah. I get that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. If it was me, I would have been like, okay, so yeah, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that leads Atticus on his journey to go to see not his cousin, but yeah. the friend of his cousin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his cousin Ethel, who they survive. The cousin survived the Tulsa riots with his mother, and they had gone down to St. Louis, and he didn't find out about the book of names. He like she said that the book burned. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm like assuming that's what's gonna happen. It would seem pretty hard for him to try to find that. Right, right. Uh, yeah. But then again, they've had extreme luck in finding everything else. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> extreme luck. True. And oh my gosh, there's yeah, there's so much. And but he okay, so right, the one thing that he does find out that I'm remembering mm-hmm. now is that when he was looking at a picture of I'm assuming it was the cousin or yeah. the mother. I thought it was Ethel, but then I'm wondering, you know, why would she have that mark? I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know how deep this goes down his family line, but he mm-hmm. sees that whoever this family member is, because she doesn't say, she's like, and guess who this is? And just yeah. tell me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the pronoun game. She, he sees that she has this mark on her arm, which is either, I wouldn't call it a birthmark. It looks more like some sort of branding ish or like you know just some sort of marking that they give themselves in their family and he realizes Mm -hmm. that's the same mark on his shoulder he probably was like oh maybe it's just a birthmark or something so i'm like what is going on is there actually like magic in his family yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i wouldn't be surprised but i really am not sure yeah the birthmark or mark type thing i was thinking yeah it was like they were marked somehow without knowing Mm -hmm. maybe yeah Um, gosh i (laughs) i think there is some sort of underlying i don't know history here with magic and his family we just have to wait and see but I think, yeah, I think Letty also asked that. She was like, so does that mean your family has magic or something yeah. like that as well? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really don't know what's... <laughs> it's, I, it's like, I really, I, I cannot for life to be figure out what 
in the world is going to happen because even then when he was on his discovery about the book, that's when he got called to go rescue Hippolyta. Right. Um, And she got sucked into the portal and... Also, he got sucked into a portal, apparently. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping we get to hear more about what happened to him. Because yeah. <laughs> he came out, when he exited the portal, he was able, he came back into the observatory. We didn't see what happened with Hippolyta, but we did see him come out of the observatory and he had a book in his hand. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, what book is this? Oh, ta-da, it's Lovecraft Country. <laughs> it was like the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> meme, like, oh, that's it, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it is, right. That, that was me. I was like, that's the show. <laughs> so he's got the whole script in his hand. Yeah, he right? can just read it to us and tell us what happens. Come on, no wasting time. Uh, but no, this book was technically written by George Freeman, his mm-hmm. uncle George. So that was really fascinating. And yeah. the... The tagline for that was um, journey into worlds within worlds. So it makes me curious if at some point maybe George got to this alternate reality George who was with Hippolyte in the portal Mm -hmm. got to write a book about his explorations. That would have been kind of a, you know an interesting theory because he yeah. did go out there and they went on the little alien planet or whatever that yeah. is. Uh, but it also makes you question. It's like, well, do those alternate realities, was that real? Was mm-hmm. he really real? Did she really meet him? I know. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's... I mean, I, I think it's real enough for her, you know, if yeah. she experienced that. Uh, it's just curious to see, like, okay, what happened to Atticus and his I know. adventures. I know he better spill all the details like the fir- <laughs> first scene of the next episode. That's not going to happen, but I want it to. <laughs> <laughs> I know they, yeah, they love to draw things out. And we still got like three more episodes to go. Mm-hmm. So check my head. Uh, moving on now to our final sort of, Hey, we had to throw this in here so that you would know, <laughs> because we wasted some time last week and now we just need to get it off the plate anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ruby and Christina. So that's actually how the episode sort of started out was Ruby was still with Christina and we're down like in the basement, which she, oh, the locked basement. I'm just now realizing that, right? She was, uh, Ruby was like, why is this door always locked in the basement? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now we know why because she's housing dead William and dead (laughs) Dell down there, you know, like some sort of uh, Dr. Frankenstein. (laughs) Yeah, literally though, yeah. Yeah, but um, hey, we were we were right, you know. I was like, is is there a real William? Is you know what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was interesting. And so, what Christina revealed, Christina is always there to just tell you all the exposition so yeah. nicely. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's part of the reason. Like, if I think of her as a character, I think she's interesting. But anytime all of her scenes, I'm like, ugh, like I'd rather get something else right now. Yeah. <laughs> Those are probably my least favorite parts of the of the yeah. episodes. I'm just like, okay, she's over dramatic and it's gonna be mm-hmm. a long spiel about something that has like one yeah. drop of information that I really need. Yeah. So I have to listen to it. <laughs> Christina's personality is the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so her 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 job of narrating this week was to say that William William was real. He actually died at the hands of Captain Police Captain Lancaster. But yeah. what happened was when Christina was 
being mentored slash maybe in a relationship with William. Yeah. She was trying to learn from him so that she could be very powerful and that she can impress her dad. But eventually she was like, well, I don't have to impress my dad. I can just kind of do my own thing. And, you know, maybe if I'm in William's body now, that gives me the freedom to do whatever I want, kind of in the way that Ruby wanted to. So, yeah, yeah, they do have this shared thing in mind, which makes me wonder now that Ruby understands and they kind of bond because of this. Mm -hmm. Is Ruby like going to go full in on team Christina? Is she going to be helping her out? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. I don't want to say I don't see why not because obviously yeah. there there are a lot of risks at stake. But yeah, maybe. I think that they do relate to each other, and I think that they, you know, see they see eye to eye on a few things more than mm-hmm. you would expect. Um, and I think like there feels like there's just like a soft spot. Like they, they, I don't know. Like I wouldn't say they're best friends, but you yeah. know, it seems like they. They can communicate normally and, you know, it it works, whatever they're doing so far. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Even if they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and Ruby doesn't know the other side of what Christina has planned either. Mm-hmm. So that also contributes to her being like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Even though Christina did say this involves your family and I want to find like these pages. Uh, so I wonder how much Christina actually told her about whatever else is going on obviously not enough (laughs) right yeah that's what i was gonna say like not definitely not a lot yeah Yeah. so (laughs) that's what it's leading me to wonder like what's next especially for ruby because i a bit of me had hope that maybe letty and ruby when they were in the same room together they might have talked about what was going on i know Ruby had dropped that she was like, yeah, I'm still living on the north side. And Lady's like, oh, with a white man? And she kind of deflected yeah, that. Yeah. She's like, well, your <laughs> boyfriend like, is doing this. Like, yeah. It's like, hmm. Yeah. It's so one of those she's, things. Like, you're watching it and you know if you just talked about it, it would be so much easier. But they obviously yeah. don't know. So they're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see the meeting up, you know, like they're all heading to this one thing. And then they're finally like, wait, you, wait, you, yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. always happens. Yeah. <laughs> Classic like, TV movie trope. We could have helped each other the whole time. Oh yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and then, gosh, what else? So... Another loose thread that we have was at the end of the episode, we also saw the cop and Dee's comic was there and it's got her name on it. I'm like, is that going to be enough to trace her to like the scene of the crime? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be a giveaway. Um, Yeah. And the final big thing is, did Atticus get answers from Jaya? <laughs> I know. It didn't seem like it at all. So, I don't know. I mean, not enough that it totally changed his his uh, motives or, you know, mm-hmm. what he thinks that he should be doing. So, I don't I don't know. Like, are we ever yeah. going to see that conversation? Probably not. Because it didn't... Whatever the uh, cliffhanger was that mm-hmm. in the previous, previous episode, yeah. it still doesn't feel like it got resolved. Yeah. At least for me, there was no clear answer as to him, you know, figuring out whatever spell he deciphered. So I really hope that they bring that up. And I know. As well, I hope that this isn't the last time we see Jaya because I, uh, I, I think we've already said last week that we are we are here to stand 100%. Yes, yes completely. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Normally we would have Fear Factor Ward here, but I still have yet to come to anything that was quite scary in this episode. So Yeah. I don't think anything was scary. It was more dramatic. Yeah. Uh I mean if you happen if anybody out there has a oh, yeah. nomination for Fear Factor Ward, let us know. But we also have a question of the week as well. And what's our question of the week? So, for everyone listening, if you were Hippolyta, would you stay in the alternate world that she was in, the other dimension, where she could, you know, be with George, be whoever she wanted, or would you go back to the real world? So, obviously, we know the right answer is to go back, (laughs) because she has her daughter, you know, just Mm -hmm. lost George, so, you know, we don't want her to be an orphan, so obviously the right answer is to go back, and that's what she does, but... You know, would it be tempting? Yes. Yeah. Would would anyone listening, do you feel like you would have just said, screw it, I'm staying <laughs> yeah. here? I mean, some people would, I'm sure. It was, yeah. it was probably so hard for her. And I did respect that it didn't seem that hard. You know, she was tempted mm-hmm. and then she was just like, my daughter, like, no, this isn't, yeah. this can't happen, which was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to her. That was, which I get it. Yeah. Obviously that's her daughter. She raised her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you're ready to just risk it all, like she said, and and go out there, let us know, leave us a comment out there Mm -hmm. on our uh, Twitters, Mia J Media and Natalie, your handle. Mine is Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end. And drop us a line. Yeah. And if you made it this far, Congratulations, you made it to the end of the podcast. And now uh, you can leave us an excellent review on iTunes. Yes. As a treat for <laughs> making it this far. Wow, isn't yeah. that awesome? <laughs> and I think that's about it. Yeah, don't forget to tune in every mm-hmm. week. Every week after these episodes drop, we'll be there for you to usher you in and say, <laughs> hey, we've got you covered. If you miss something, if Christina spilled too many words and you don't know what the heck she said, we are here for you. So yeah. <laughs> we relate to it. <laughs> exactly. We're all in the same boat right now. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And I'm excited to see what happens in episodes eight through 10. We're in the long haul. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. So, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.